Well, welcome back to the Cordell and Cordell and Men's Divorce Podcast. I'm Scott Trout, CEO and Managing Partner of Cordell and Cordell. We continue to bring you information regarding family law before, during, and after divorce. And for the 38 weeks we've been dealing with this during COVID, uh, we continue to bring you information like this, not only in this setting in a podcast, but also virtual town halls. So I want you to go ahead and encourage you to go to CordellCordell.com and Men's Divorce, find out about the next virtual town hall coming up. Or you can go to our YouTube page, the Cordell and Cordell YouTube page, and you can find all kinds of podcasts just like this. Subscribe, and you can get these twice a week, every week. So today is no different, but as I always start my podcasts, make sure this should not be a substitute for sound, good legal advice through a consultation. Uh, We can't give you legal advice. I'm only licensed in Missouri, Illinois, and Georgia. My guest has limitations as well in Minnesota. And so I know we have listeners and viewers that are watching from around the world. So we want you to encourage you to find an attorney who practices exclusively in family law, like we do at Cordell & Cordell. And if you want a consultation, you can give us a call at 866-DADS-LAW. You can find us on the web. You can schedule via Zoom, via phone call, or in person, where appropriate, keeping health and safety in mind. So we're available. Uh, ask, call, we can get some questions answered for you. So uh, today, let's, uh, we're joined by Melissa out of our Minnesota office. Welcome. Thank you for having me. So we haven't talked about uh, this particular topic, surprisingly. I know each, I say that as we continue to move along, thinking that in 38 weeks, we probably have talk, uh, touched every subject, but we haven't. Custody evaluations, that's a huge one that I can tell you I know from my experience when we used to do these seminars in person live in the evenings, we'd have 100 guys there and uh, custody evaluations, custody things would like this would come up. And so maybe we can start today by just talking about what it is. What is a custody evaluation? Because guys are out there thinking, well, I want one, but they don't know what it is. So what is it? So a custody evaluation is essentially a deeper dive into the custody, the parenting time, what those labels would look like, um, what the parenting time schedule would be by somebody who is either a neutral or they could be your own expert if that's what you want. Or sometimes in, in different states, they can be court appointed. And ultimately the idea is it gives somebody more time with your family three to six months typically um, to spend some time with your family, really get to know you, see you interact with your kids, and then provide the court with some feedback and some recommendations about what they think the custody, the parenting time, those types of arrangements should be more than what a court can do most of the time in a one, two, three day trial on a custody case. So typically in these custody evaluations in in Minnesota, obviously is probably different than where I am in Missouri and where I practice in Illinois and Georgia. Um, who does them? Are they social workers, psychologists, uh, custody experts? You know, who who's typically used in these instances? It can be a number of different people. And, and like you said, it's probably different in different states. In Minnesota, at least, um, a lot of them are done by social workers, people with um, psychology backgrounds, people who um, have have worked with families in a therapeutic setting. They're not necessarily working therapists, clinical therapists, but they are people who are well-versed in the family law community. So we do have people that we use quite often and a lot of people that tend to do them more than others. Um, Sometimes you will get attorneys who have practiced for so many years that all of a sudden decide that they're gonna start doing custody evaluations. I think there's a training that they can do. So sometimes it is uh, attorney evaluators as well. 
I think it's uh, it's critical. There's things we've, uh, I don't know, do they call them guardian ad litems in Minnesota, uh, attorney representatives of a child? Yes, they do. So I, I like to bring that up when we think about custody evaluations because they're very different. You may have a guardian kind of do this pseudo evaluation, not as not to demean the, the, the position, but particularly lawyers aren't necessarily um, appropriately or effectively schooled and trained in, as custody evaluators, right? We, we, we look for certain things. So I don't want guys who are listening to this to think, well, I've got a guardian that's just as good. I'm more towards getting a true custody evaluator, a psychiatrist, psychologist, somebody who actually is has an education and a lot of training in making appropriate determinations and utilizing appropriate testing to do that. So I think I raise that because um, I think it's important to differentiate the two. Uh, and they may be called child advocates in some uh, states around the country, but guardians, they're usually an attorney appointed by the court or hired by the parties to represent or make an evaluation or recommendation. I think it's a little risky. Um, you might as well hire a plumber because that's the kind of you know education you're gonna get. I mean, hey, I'm just interviewing you, I'm interviewing you, and I'm gonna make a decision based on who I like. Uh, I, I know that seems rudimentary, but I worry about that. And so I love talking about custody evaluations in that regard, because I've got so many stories and cases where we've done it, been very successful in utilizing this. It's not cheap, um, you know, costs money, it's not free. There are some states it can be free, but for guys that are watching or listening, Let's talk about the do's and the don'ts. That's a, you know, a good way to start. So what are some of the do's, things that they should be focusing on if they're going to employ and uh, use a custody evaluator? Sure, before I get there, I do think that your distinction is very important and I think it's, it's something that we should touch on a little bit further. Guardian ad litems, at least in Minnesota, typically look for um, situations or they're, they're evaluating situations where they're looking for a harm to a child or mm -hmm. they're looking at safety concerns. And custody evaluations aren't necessarily for that purpose. So a lot of times when we get a guardian ad litem who is appointed, it is to only look at whether or not there's a safety concern, not mm -hmm. necessarily whether there should be a custody change or modification or yeah. who should have differing parenting time or custody based on just normal circumstances. So I do think that that is a very yeah. important. That is uh, huge. Missouri, it's uh, the statute reads that you can appoint one, the court shall, uh, upon allegations of abuse or neglect. Yeah, now, time. there's a catch-all, and you get what I will say lazy judges who appoint a guardian because there's a, you know, or upon further order of court because they don't want to make the decision. And so they appoint someone to do the job of a, a trained psychologist, and that really makes me angry. That's why when that happens, when there's no allegations of abuse or neglect, and they appoint it just because they're lazy, then you have to go this route. So yeah. and I'm glad you pointed that out. For some dads out there, the coronavirus pandemic has become a pretext to limit access to their children. Other dads have been pushed out of key decisions affecting their children's lives. If you're one of those dads, Cordell & Cordell is here for you, as always, but with expanded services. We can meet you in person or by video conference on weekdays, evenings, or weekends. Our goal is to step up our service to meet your needs now. So let's talk about the do's, kind of what, you know, guys, get some paper out, start writing this down, because this is what you're looking for, the meaty kind of things and action items. Yeah, the biggest one is focus on the kids, always. Rule number one, always focus on the kids. When you have an evaluator who starts their very first conversation with you and they ask you, 
or they ask, tell me why you're here. Don't jump in about the other parent. Don't start talking about their shortcomings. Start with the kids. They are the most important child-focused piece of a custody evaluation. Talk about them as individuals. Talk about what they like to do, who they are, what their personalities are like. Showing that you are child-focused is really, really important to an evaluator. Yeah. I think it is. It's one of the things that, um, and you think about focusing on the kids themselves. It's not all about me, 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 or I, I, I. You got to be careful about the words you use when you're interviewed and the things that you say, um, which kind of leads into the idea that when you're going into this, and I think this, the family law industry is plagued by this one issue, and that is lack of preparation and being prepared for your first meeting, right? Yes, 100%. You have to be prepared when you go into a custody evaluation. You have to bring or show on your phone, most people at this point, show pictures of your kids on your phone. Gather specific examples of good co-parenting with your co-parent, bad co-parenting with your co-parent, um, communication styles. Those are really important. You also have to know the history of your relationship. What's the history of not only your relationship with that person as a, a, a relationship and a person, but also as a parent and how you split those roles. You know, write down a day in the life kind of perspective of when you were together versus now. A lot of times we have these arguments about, well, he never did this. Well, that doesn't mean he can't. So talk about that as a part of the evaluation. A huge thing, know the key facts about your, your situation and about your kids. Yeah. Know where your kids go to school, how they're doing in school, especially right now in a COVID time, you need to know whether your kids are distance learning. Are they hybrid? Are they going to school full time? Those types of things are super important. Same with medical issues. You have to know what is medically important about your kids. And then of course, the other piece is know what you want. You wanna know what your custody labels are going to be. You wanna know what your parenting time schedule proposal is going to be so that you can say from the very beginning to the, the evaluator, here's what I'm looking for in this process. Mm -hmm. I think being prepared and determined, but being reasonable, you know, and not seeing so edgy and obstinate and extreme. Uh, I think that you can tend to come across that way in divorce simply because of the emotions that are running that are so high, um, you know, in this. And I think it is about preparation going through some of this, having your attorney sit you down and say, okay, here's what I would imagine is going to be asked of you. There may be some testing. And, you know, there's not much you can do to prepare for that in and of itself. But I think you raised the point that every guy seems to get tricked on, and that is, well, what's the name of their child's friends? Or what size is their shirt? It seems the lowest of low question, but it can set the stage for coming against whether you really are an engaged parent and involved as you claim that you are. And, you know, it is about you know, doing your homework, study, be prepared, but be genuine. And you don't want to be rehearsed. I think that could kill it the whole way. And I mean, I think in terms of as you're doing it, and I always, I've said in, the, in my 10 stupidest mistakes, you know, I say filing first is a big one. Getting an appointment first, is that important when it comes to an evaluator? Yes, absolutely. You want to be that person that sets the narrative. You want to be the first person that goes in and says, here's what our history of our relationship has looked like. Here's, you know, get ahead of some of the things that you think the other parent is going to say about you. And if you can be able to respond to those things at the very beginning, you're setting, like I said, you're setting that narrative going forward and helping the evaluator see it from your perspective from the very mm -hmm. start. So we've kind of gone through a few of the do's. What should they avoid? What shouldn't they do? Well, one part of an evaluation is 
choosing collateral sources, people that you want the evaluator to talk to outside of your immediate family unit. A lot of times what we tell people to do is choose professionals, people who are in a professional capacity when they work with your family. Don't choose family members or friends as collateral sources if they will only say bad things about the other parent. If they can't even say one nice thing about the other parent, that'll impact their credibility. That's not what you want the evaluator to hear. So that's part of the reason for high, doing a neutral type of person, therapists, school counselors, um, teachers, daycare providers, the people who are involved with your family in that way, who should be neutral, at least for the most part. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think as you, one piece of advice is always, I never be perfect because, you know, I know you think you are, but there are some issues and you probably have them. We all do. And I was just talking to a client that way. And I said, you know, let's not pretend to be that way because we all have problems. And uh, it's just whether or not you acknowledge them, you recognize them. And for example, don't downplay serious issues, right? With uh, a psychologist or a counselor. You don't have to be super dad. So don't yeah. get defensive. Don't downplay real issues. Chemical and mental health are big ones that come up, of course. So um, the other parent may say, well, you know, they have anxiety or they have depression. That's okay. What the evaluator is looking for is, are you following the advice of your doctor? Are you, are you doing the therapy if it's recommended? Are you taking your medications as prescribed? Are you adapting those as you need to do that? Again, you don't have to be the super dad. If you're working on things and you're actively doing that, um, the criminal side of things, if you got in trouble for something and you have a probation officer, they may be able to give you a glowing review about all of the good things you're doing. So don't yeah. necessarily shy away from that, own up to it and show what you're doing to move past it. That's really important. You know, one of, and I'm interested in your experience, uh, one of the things that, uh, that happens with our evaluations. And I remember this 20 years ago, we had this client and I said, look, they're gonna observe you in your interactions with your kids. And, and you have to be real. You know, you've gotta figure out a way to turn on who you really are and not try to portray someone who you really aren't because that's gonna come across. Is that something you see? Yeah, of course it is. Twofold on that. Mm -hmm. One, don't coach your kids. It's not worth it. Evaluators pick up on it. They know what kind of the keywords are, the age-appropriate phrases. They're going to know whether or not you're coaching your kids. And the other piece, too, is don't panic if your kid misbehaves in a visit. The home visit is meant for them to see you with your child, and the court doesn't get that opportunity. So it's a really good place, and one of the main reasons that we like to use custody evaluations, especially when you have another parent who's saying, you know, they're not engaged, they're not involved, they sit on their phone all the time, all of those things the home visits are a really good way for a snapshot in time for the evaluator to see you. Yeah. But sometimes kids misbehave and evaluators know that. So it's about how you respond, how you redirect them. Um, but you can also do things like avoid scheduling the home visit when you know it's a time that your child naps or their, their meal times. Um, when you know that they're typically burned out, if they're a morning kid versus an evening kid, plan around that. And those things will help you be successful for those home visits. I think when you were talking about it, misbehaving, I've had two that come to mind. I had somebody completely blow up because it was time to clean up and the child just said, no, I'm not going to do it. And dad went absolutely ballistic. And I think it was, and it was really out of character in some regards because he was so stressed out and he wanted to be able to think that he could show that his child would listen to him. He just went 
off the rails. Yeah. And gosh, it just crushed. And the other one I was thinking about was um, psychiatrist or psychologist was observing them in their interactions, just generally. He spent more time on his phone texting with whomever. And I mean, just got put the phone away, turn it off. You know, it's time to really focus on the kids and not and, and maybe change that permanently, not just because it's the evaluation. Uh, it really is is a time that you set aside for them. So it is about understanding what you're going to be doing, who, how you're going to behave, and really focusing on, you know, trying to be dad. And I think that's, that's big. So, Melissa, we're out of time. Thanks for all the do's, the don'ts, kind of, and walking guys through this really complicated process, but really important one, uh, especially if they're in a battle and uh, they need to try to maximize the time that they, they want to spend with their kids. So again, thanks for joining. Thank you for having me. Well, check us out, CordellCordell.com. Give us a call, 866-DADS-LAW. And if you have questions, uh, make sure to log in at the next virtual town hall where you can log in, ask the panel of attorneys live, and get questions right then and right there. So check that out at CordellCordell.com. Follow us on social media, and also check out that YouTube page. We're going to find out a lot of good podcasts just like this one. So until next time, have a good week.